D&D 5th Edition has a plethora of options for you to choose from when making a new character. But what if they aren't enough? What if you want to don a paladin's armor while strumming a bardic lute? Or what if you want to channel the might of your god while also transforming into a giant snake? Maybe that's just me. But multiclassing allows you to remix the existing classes into a hero all your own. It takes a few extra steps and a little work, but you'll create something that has synergy and is utterly unique. Or a potentially broken mishmash of ideas. Anyway, let's get into it. We'll, we'll talk all about that. So why exactly would one decide to multiclass, especially since you don't exactly need to? Many players don't wish to multiclass because they don't want to miss the class capstone at 20th level. But let's face it, rarely do you play to 20th level. 5e classes are designed to fill their roles optimally most of the time, and you don't need to mess with the plan. Most characters will be just fine taking levels in the same class for the entirety of a campaign. Multiclassing is usually the answer when you want to focus down on something, like damage output or AC. Through a combination of some very key abilities spread through multiple classes, you can optimize a particular strategy or create a new strategy altogether. Keep in mind though, you'll be sacrificing many of the high-level abilities you would have gained pursuing the same class all the way through. Let's go through everything piece by piece just so that we're all up to speed. With this rule, you have the option of gaining a level in a new class whenever you advance and level, instead of gaining a level in your current class. Your levels in all your classes are added together to determine your character level. For example, if you have three levels in Wizard and two in Fighter, you're a fifth level character. That one's pretty straightforward. Whenever you level up, you can choose to take a level from any class. You can stack these levels up however you'd like and in any order. For clarification though, in that example, a character with three levels in Wizard and two levels in Fighter has all the abilities of a third level Wizard and a second level Fighter. No fourth or fifth level abilities on display here. To qualify for a new class, you must meet the ability score prerequisites for both your current class and your new one, as shown in the multiclassing prerequisites table. For example, a barbarian who decides to multiclass in the druid class, for instance, must have both strength and wisdom scores of 13 or higher. Without the full training that a beginning character receives, you must be a quick study in your new class, having a natural aptitude that is reflected by higher than average ability scores. Basically, they don't want your barbarian with 8 intelligence to suddenly learn spells. Your character must be at least somewhat suitable for a new class before starting up in it. The experience point cost to gain a level is always based on your total character level, as shown in the character advancement table, not your level in a particular class. So, if you are a cleric at level 6 and a fighter at level 1, you must gain enough XP to reach 8th level before you can take your 2nd level as a fighter or your 7th level as a cleric. Most DMs nowadays use milestone advancement instead of XP anyway, so this isn't something you'll need to worry about all that much. But this rule just makes it so that you can't cheese the experience point system by multiclassing. And then when it comes to hit points and hit dice, you gain the hit points from your new class as described for levels after the first. You gain the first level hit points for a class only when you are a first level character. You add together the hit dice granted by all your classes to form your pool of hit dice. If the hit dice are the same die type, you can simply pull them together. For example, both the fighter and the paladin have a d10, so if you are a paladin level 5 and a fighter level 5, you can have 10 d10 hit dice. 
If your classes give you hit dice of different types, keep track of them separately. If you are a Paladin level 5 and a Cleric level 5, for example, you have 5d10 hit dice and 5d8 hit dice. So the starting hit points thing is pretty self-explanatory, but the hit die thing can be a little confusing. Most likely you haven't been tracking your hit dice much at all, but there are situations that really care about your hit dice, and if your classes have different hit dice, you'll need to track them separately. This usually only matters for short rests, in which you'll need to choose which hit dice you'll roll for healing. When it comes to your proficiency bonus, it's always based on your total character level, not your level in a particular class. For example, if you are a fighter level 3 and a rogue level 2, you have the proficiency bonus of a 5th level character, which is plus 3. This means that if they didn't have this rule, your proficiency bonus would get left in the dust, but thankfully, you get to keep up with the same proficiency bonus as your single class friends. And then on to proficiencies. When you gain your first level in a class other than your initial class, you gain only some of the new class's starting proficiencies as shown in the multi-classing proficiencies table. Basically, when you take a new level in a new class, you don't get absolutely all the proficiencies they'd get at first level. Instead, you get a sampling of their proficiencies from the table that we'll put up on screen here. This is mainly to stop everybody grabbing heavy armor with the first level dipped into Paladin. As a general tip, if you plan on multi-classing, take your first level in the class with the most proficiencies, as you'll lose out if you go any other way around it. On the topic of class features, when you gain a new level in a class, you get its features for that level. You don't, however, receive the class's starting equipment, and a few features have additional rules when you're multiclassing. Channel divinity, extra attack, unarmored defense, and spellcasting. Some features get pretty wonky when you multiclass, and the official explanations for them are very technical, but we can boil them down to something pretty simple. Starting with Channel Divinity, if you multiclass Cleric and Paladin, you don't gain extra uses of Channel Divinity, but you can freely choose between your Cleric and Paladin Channel Divinity abilities. As for extra attack, if you get the extra attack from multiple classes, you don't exactly get to double up on them, so I'm sorry if that's what you were expecting. And then when it comes to unarmored defense, you only get one unarmored defense. Getting it again from another class does absolutely nothing for you. And then we have spellcasting, which is the one that's the most complicated, but we can tear it down to three points. You keep your knowledge of your spells separately. Your number of your spells known never gets mixed together. Secondly, Pact Magic is completely different from all the other classes' spellcasting. You can use spell slots from Pact Magic for spells from spellcasting and vice versa. Finally, when you have multiple spellcasting classes, your number of spell slots gets really strange. Rather than the number of slots you'd get for each class, you use this following table to determine your slots. Your multi-class caster level is different from just your character level. You only count class levels from spellcasting classes to find your multi-class caster level. To make it even more confusing, some of the spellcasting classes are sort of half-casters, and they only count half their levels for determining your spell slots. So just to recap, add together all of your levels in the Bard, Cleric, Druid, Sorcerer, and Wizard classes, add together all of your levels in the Artificer, Paladin, and Ranger classes, and then cut them in half, rounded down of course, Add those together, and now you have your multi-class spellcaster level. Check that against the table that we've featured here, and you have your total spell slots. One last note, there are some weird situations where the multi-class table would give you some spell slots higher than the spells you know. You can only use those slots for lower-level spells that you actually know, which is weird. We get it, but those are the rules. When multi-classing, just remember what you're focusing on. 
If you're planning to cast a lot of spells, then Warcaster, Elemental Adept, or something similar can help ensure that you have maximum value. If you're leaning towards a martial class, Alert, Mobile, etc. go well with those style of classes. Let's discuss some famous multi-class builds, starting with the Furious Beast. You can use the Barbarian Rage while transforming into an animal using Wild Shape. Take Circle of the Moon and Path of the Totem Warrior for the best results. You'll be able to rage in Wild Shape for a buffed animal form, and you can even sacrifice your Druid spells to heal yourself. You'll want to have at least three levels in each class, but afterwards I recommend advancing with Druid for access to better Wild Shapes and the Primal Strike ability, which lets many natural attacks count as magical ones. And then we have Knight of the Patron. A second level dip into Paladin gives massive boons to a melee Warlock build. You can choose your Warlock spell slots to fuel massive smites, and you can really think of this combination as a smite optimization build. Warlocks regain their slots on a short rest and can really up the number of smites you can do throughout a single day. You also gain good armor proficiency and the Lay on Hands ability. Consider this level dip for Hexblade builds as it goes a long way towards making you survivable and upping your DPS. Remember too that Hexblade's curse is a bonus action. And then there's the Wilderness Stalker. A second level dip into Ranger gives you a fighting style and an access to a Ranger spell Hunter's Mark, which is especially great for two-handed weapon fighting rogues and stacks on a sneak attack. A third level in Ranger gets you a Ranger archetype. Take the Hunter archetype and choose the Colossus Slayer for maximum DPS. Using this setup, Dexterity 16 and two short-handed attacks, a character with three levels Ranger and three levels Rogue would deal 6d6 plus 1d8 plus 3 damage each round. Multiclassing takes a bit more planning than the usual character build, but can ultimately help you craft something more unique. Even more so if optimization is the furthest thing from your mind. Whether you want to pack a punch or make an impact with your unique set of skills, maybe not exceptionally talented skills, taking the time to build up a fun multiclass character will almost always help you achieve your RPG-related goals. Thank you guys so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new content like this every week. And if you've created a great multi-class character that you'd like to tell us about, please do so down in the comments. I'm sure that thread is going to be absolutely crazy. And if you guys have any ideas for videos that you'd like us to consider, please leave those down there as well. My name's Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice, and until next time, farewell everyone. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe so you never miss out.